starting a new series, we're starting a new year, mm-hmm. and we are calling this Selfless. This time of year, people make a lot of resolutions. Maybe you gave up on making <laughs> resolutions years ago because they never work. <laughs> but some people still do. People have goals, they have dreams, they have plans. It's always nice to get a little reboot at the beginning of a year and think, okay, all right, now I'm going to get on track. This is the year I'm going to get it done. This is the year I'm going to get in shape and get that gym membership, get the new exercise clothes, right? They don't, they make you look a little weird and you may, you know, maybe I got a size bigger or something, but, um, you know, we always have this idea. We want to start something new. We want to improve ourselves. We want to do something different at the beginning of the year. And that's not, that's all good. Um, the idea though, a lot of times with resolutions, resolutions often are very self-focused um, and that's kind of the nature of them. That's not necessarily bad, but it can be. Uh, I want to do this for me. I want to lose 20 pounds. I want this. I want that. I want to kind of save some money, keep my house clean, eat better, uh, on and on and on. And, uh, and the idea is, you know, it's okay to focus on ourselves, but when it comes to our spiritual life, the reality is that God has called us to be selfless. The Bible says that if we were to follow after Jesus, we must deny ourselves and take up the cross and follow him. That's in Matthew 16, 24. So um, often in our relationship with God, it's not really about me. It's about what is God calling me to do for somebody else? It's not just about how I can improve myself. How does God come into my life and help me with this and help me with that? And, and so God becomes kind of a little genie in the Aladdin movie. Remember, it's come, new one's coming out. You rub the, the bottle, and then the genie comes out, and you get your three wishes. So you have this relationship with a genie, but he use your three wishes. You know, I don't want to use them too much, so I won't talk to God too much. But when I need him, he's there. I'm all, I've used up two of them already, so i got to wait on that last one, right? This year might be in the need. Use my last wish with God. That's not how it really is. That's not really what the Bible describes as a relationship with God. Uh, God is not the genie that's there to serve us. We are designed and created to serve Him. Amen. And so when we come into a relationship with Him, it's not about what can God do for me, but what can I do for Him? And lo and behold, as we serve Him and as we follow Him, He will do much for us. He will transform our lives. He will make us new people. He will bless us tremendously. He'll give us more than we ever could imagine. But the way toward that is not by focusing on ourselves, but by focusing on God and what he wants to do um, through us. And so that's what we're going to look at this, this coming year. And we're going to talk about um, being selfless in this month. Um, we have four messages. Um, today we're going to talk about being bold in witness. That's why I wore my bold Hawaiian shirt. Mm-hmm. We'll be bold today. Just going to wear a Hawaiian shirt. Normally the pastor doesn't wear a Hawaiian shirt. He wears the button-up old school tie and he's stiff. Says, Thus saith the Lord, and slam stuff, and but that's not what I do. So I wore the Hawaiian shirt, and um, that's be bold. I dressed up for you. Oh, because it's buttoned up. Yeah. <laughs> it's extra buttons. You're pretty dressed up today. Yes, it is. I've come a long way. I used to be suit and tie every single Sunday when I was at uh, Word of Life in Virginia. So, um, yeah, I had a pastor uniform, but this is my pastor uniform now. Um, so we're going to talk about um, being bold today. We're going to talk about next week. Being faithful in service, using our gifts to minister to other people, because God has blessed us with gifts and abilities and talents, and he's given those to us, not so that we can puff ourselves up and feel great about ourselves, but so we can bless other people. We're going to talk about the following week, about being extravagant in generosity. God has blessed us so that we can be a blessing. And finally, we're going to talk about um, the last week of the month, Chili Cook-Off Sunday, being grateful Mm -hmm. in the grind. Mm. Life can be a grind sometimes, and finding 
finding gratitude mm. and learning how to serve God in the midst of the grind. And I know life, I know 2018, especially the end of it, was a grind for me. Um, but learning how to be grateful in the midst of that um, and learning how to see what God is doing in the midst of all the stuff going on in our lives. And so mm. I'm, I'm excited about that message as well. So that's where we're going this, this week. But um, uh, we're going to look at being bold in witness. Um, and, and so what we're going to focus on today is just kind of the, the early disciples. Um, if you look in the Bible, the disciples were the people that followed Jesus, and they were his closest associates, companions, friends, and they were near to him and dear to him, and they learned from him. But when it came to the, the hour of his, his crucifixion and his, his, uh, the trial and all these sort of things, they scattered, and they were filled with fear, and they, they did not stay close to Jesus, but they were uh, disillusioned with how everything turned out. They had a different picture in their mind of what it meant to serve and to follow Jesus. And so the disciples that have been with them seeing Jesus heal the sick and open blind eyes, raise the dead, um, give, you know, raising people to life, they, they see Jesus die on a cross and they scatter. And he's put in a tomb and Jesus rises from the grave. He comes and visits them and they're not out there preaching. They're not out there proclaiming. They're not out there excited, and, and, but instead they're cowering in a room. They're, they're sitting and they're filled with fear. And this is what it says in John 20, 19. It says that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. Disciples were people that were the closest to Jesus. They spent time with him, but um, their immediate response to this, this difficulty in their life was to just cower in fear behind closed doors. They didn't have boldness. They didn't have any sort of uh, idea about the outside world. They were just worried about themselves and their own safety. Um, cowering behind locked doors because they're afraid of the enemies of Christ. And why is it, let's think about it, for those of us who are Christians, that we're uh, not often that bold in our witness. Why is it that sometimes we don't have much boldness in our life when it comes to sharing our faith, sharing what Jesus means to us. And one reason I can think of is that we may be afraid we don't know enough. You know, we don't want to get into a conversation and then all of a sudden look dumb and not know how to answer somebody's question. They ask something really challenging. We don't know the answer. We don't want to present a, a, a foolish-looking Christian, so we just don't say anything. Rather not go there. Um, sometimes we don't maybe want to offend people. We've seen. Christians and people proclaiming that they're Christians be offensive and rude and pushy and we don't want to be that type of person. So like I want to stay far away from that. I don't want to be pushing on people and being all up in their grill and making them uh, turn further away from God. I don't want to do that. So rather than being bold about my faith, I'll just kind of sit back behind the locked doors and um, just kind of worry about my own my own self. Um, sometimes even good intentions, not wanting to offend people can then turn us into people that are not bold in our faith. Sometimes we assume that maybe somebody doesn't really care about spiritual things. You ever done that? Where you think, man, this person, the last person to think about God or spirituality. I mean, they don't seem, wow, if I even brought this up, they would have no interest whatsoever. Uh, but you never know. You would never know where somebody's at. They may present a picture of themselves that I got it all together. I don't need any spiritual needs or anything. But you don't know where people are. Just like, just like me, just like you, people put up facades and fronts and they present an image of themselves that often doesn't reflect who they really are. 
right? So if you and I do that, I'm sure other people do that as well. And so we can't assume that somebody doesn't care or doesn't have a need or or isn't going through something in their life where um, they really are calling out for something more than themselves. And they're calling out for the one that made them to to help them. Um, We can even live in a, a, you know, this community sometimes and think, well, everybody, you know, either they're disinterested. Sometimes we live in communities where nobody cares about church, God, or we live in this kind of Bible Beltish community, and everybody goes to church, they're probably all fine already. You know, all he says he goes to church here, why even bother? But you don't know where somebody's at, you don't know what they're going through, and so we gotta be careful not to make assumptions about where somebody is, and keep that from us being bold in our faith. Often we are like the disciples behind locked doors, afraid of the Jewish leaders, we're afraid of being awkward, we're afraid of not knowing enough, we're afraid of looking silly, we're afraid that we won't get it right. But if you fast forward two or three months in the story of the disciples, Peter and John have gotten into trouble now, this is in the book of Acts, with the religious leaders for healing a man that was crippled. They they come to the temple and they say, this guy, he's begging, and rather than giving a a few coins and um, being on their way, they raise him up in the power of Jesus and he's healed. And they get in trouble for doing this with the people they were formerly afraid of. And um, they get in trouble, and they're brought before the high priests and the council and the elders, and they begin questioning them and looking at what type of punishment they're going to dish out on the the disciples. And let's look at Peter's response to these self-focused religious leaders. Acts 4, verses 8 and 10. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you, to all the people of Israel, that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. This is a, this is a 180 degree shift in the disciples. Mm-hmm. From being behind locked doors, afraid of these people, to in their face telling them, you crucified this man, this was your fault. Bold as can be. So what can we learn about this? What do do we see in this? Well, here's one point you can fill in the blanks if you're taking notes. That we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. This this is a principle of life. Uh And this will challenge all of us, including myself. What are the things we speak most boldly about? Think about those things in your life. The things you're quick to share about, the things you're quick to point to, things you're quick to share your opinion on. What are those things? That might be the things you believe most deeply in your life. I don't know about you, but sometimes we go to a great restaurant, the Good Life Cafe. It's like, man, you got to try this place. They don't even use animals or any animal products. It's amazing. It's the same food. Nachos with no cheese. Unbelievable. And you go around and you tell people how awesome this food is. It's made without animal products, and it still tastes the same, except for the hot dog. It wasn't quite the same. How do you get your protein? What's that? <laughs> no, no, I don't want to get you going. I was just trying to use that. We'll save that for later. We know what you're passionate about. All right. Um, but you go to a restaurant. You've you got to try the enchiladas here, man. They're amazing enchiladas. you got a cheese one. you got a chicken one. you got a, a bean one. you got a beef one. It's amazing. All four. They cover it with all the stuff, and then you just eat it and smoosh it all together. It's amazing. got to try the enchiladas. got to try the cheese dip. Dane was in here. There he is. Hi, hi, Andrew. I love cheese dip at this place, dude. You got to eat cheese dip. So good. Right? We share about the things that we care about, right? And so... You're going out to Mexican now. 
Uh, I think we're we're going out for um, for a salad. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so maybe you get some really comfortable <laughs> shoes, right? You get some M- NMDs, right, Dan? Get those Adidas NMDs. You're so comfortable, man. You're like walking on air. And he's telling me all about these shoes he got. And he got me to get those shoes for Christmas because they must have been the best shoes. And I'm wearing them right now. So, I mean, he's like, hey, these are the best shoes ever, right? You get the, the shoes. You, you, you watch a show on Netflix. Seems like everybody's putting on Facebook Bird Box. Bird Box. Everybody's watching Bird Box, right? You got to watch Bird Box. It's amazing. But the internet's weird. I haven't watched it yet. But, you know, some she's watched Bird Box. So, she, you know, everybody's talking about Bird Box and you know, talk about the referees and they got Bird Box stuff. They ain't seen the, the calls, you know. It's, all, it's the thing going on, right? People sharing. People talking about the things that they thought was pretty cool and everybody else would like. But here's the question. This is a tough one. If we're not speaking boldly about our faith in Jesus, and obviously this is to those that are Christians here, because this is who it applies to. If we're not speaking boldly about our faith in Jesus, do we really believe it deeply? If we're not speaking boldly about our faith, do we really believe it deeply? Because we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. Acts 4, 12-13. This is how the disciples continue on. They say, there is salvation in no one else. They're not being politically correct. Well, you know, you guys have your thing, and we have our thing, and you will just leave us alone, we'll leave you alone. And well, the world will be a happy place, we'll all hold hands, and everything will be great. No, they said there's salvation in no one else. I think those people might be offended. They might be. Mm-hmm. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. They were convinced. There is no other way to be saved but through the name of Jesus Christ. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. What were they amazed at? They were amazed when they saw their boldness. Mm -hmm. How many people are amazed at your boldness? How many people are amazed at my boldness? I don't know. It's a tough question. It's a tough question to ask as we step into this new year. I can go look back at my life and open my senior yearbook yesterday and showed Tim a couple pictures there. Um, I was known in my high school as a very bold senior, as a bold student when I was in high school. In fact, I was voted as the most school-spirited senior in my class. (laughs) That was what they voted me. And I had the distinct privilege, the distinct honor of running the flag out in front of the football team as they charged through the banner. Because I was the most school-spirited guy there. I was bold. If we were at a pep rally, I was the dumb guy that they would say, hey, Sheldon, go do this. Go run across the floor and slide on your stomach. Okay. And I would go do it. I mean, I was either I was really dumb or I was really bold. I think it was a little combination of both. Um, but I, I was not afraid to do anything. Hey, we're going to Six Flags. Six Flags over Georgia. That's where we would go. We were in Six Flags over Georgia. Yeah. So we walk around a season pass, grew up in Atlanta. Okay, oh, there's some girls over there. Let's get their number, right? Boldness for me, right? Boldness for me. It wasn't necessarily always boldness in the right direction. Sometimes we have boldness for ourselves or for whatever we mm-hmm. care about. I would go and, and do anything, whatever. But you know what? That boldness didn't always translate into my faith. In fact, I probably spent most of my high school year hiding behind the locked doors in, as it regarded my faith. In fact, people would be like, dude, you go to church? People would say that. And I actually, 
I had like a, a serious moment with God because I was actually called to ministry. Mm-hmm. I was really involved in my church, really involved in my youth group, but my church was far away from my school, so nobody from my school went to my church. It was like two different lives. Mm-hmm. So I was a good Christian guy at, at church. Everybody liked me at church. I was great guys going into ministry, and then I was at school. I was just crazy to do whatever people would say. It didn't connect. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until my senior year that I really got right with God in my heart and said, you know, i got to stop being fake. If this is really who I am, then this is who I have to be right here. Right. And that boldness that I had translated into me starting bringing my friends to my church. And I would bring carloads to my youth group. I would bring 5, 10, 15 guys. We were, hey, we're going to go to, it was called Impact. That was my youth group name. We're going to Impact. Uh-huh. And we would go, and then we started like a, a youth group basketball team. And we had like all my buddies from school. And we'd go, and my youth pastor got to talk to them and mentor them. And they still talk to each other on Facebook. These guys from my high school yeah. will talk to my youth pastor. And it was all because I, I started bringing them to church. I made the connection. And the boldness I had wasn't just boldness for me and what I wanted to do, but it was boldness for what God might want to do. Amen. And here's the thing. I'll be honest with you. That hasn't always translated throughout my life. I've gone through ups and downs, just probably like you have as well, where there's been seasons and times in my life, and even being an official Christian because I'm a pastor doesn't always translate into me being bold in my everyday walk with other people. Sometimes I don't, and I'm not talking about being obnoxious. I'm not talking about being pushy. I'm not talking about being, uh, you know, just weird. I'm talking about just, hey, you know what, can I pray for you? Is there something, you know, just being concerned with somebody else, letting our faith integrate into our everyday walk. Yeah. Where we were going through, like I work at this, this place here, and there's people that come through, they're going through things, and do I stop what I'm doing to actually care about what they're going through? Or am I so busy with myself that I don't want to even concern myself with what they're, what's happening in their life? So we can be bold, and, and, and let me just ask you this, just on your, your notes here, if you have these, how amazed are people by your boldness for Christ? Think about that on a scale of 1 to 10. I would say nobody here is a one, and nobody here is a ten. Okay, let me just say that if you're if you're a Christian, probably nobody's really a one, um, and nobody's a ten. But we're probably somewhere in the middle, um, where we fluctuate even time to time, maybe season of life to season of life. But higher on the scale, we probably maybe not even be here today because uh, or here here today alone. But we maybe brought somebody. Because um, we invited somebody, hey, come to my church. You know, why don't you come and, and, and see what God's doing? And, and we're willing to bring people. We're praying for people. Maybe you have a list of people that you pray for because you're concerned about them. You're, the boldness is not just always up in people's face, but hey, I, this faith is part of my life. So I'm praying for this list of people because I care about them. So my faith's causing me to be concerned about other people. And this is, this is part of who I am. Um, we have a heart to, to see the situations that come in front of us with, with the, the Lord's eyes. If we're lower on the scale, it's probably there's people at school, at work, maybe like I used to be, where they we're not even aware that you're a believer. You go to school, they're like, oh, you go to church? You go to work? Oh, wow, I didn't even know you were a Christian. That's not a good compliment, by the way. That's not good. We don't want to be those people. And we don't want to be the type of Christian like, oh, yeah, you're a Christian. You're one of those idiotic jerk people that treats everybody rude. No, we don't want to be one of them either. So... Where would you mark yourself on this scale? Think about that for a second. Because Jesus is calling us to be salt and light. He's calling us to go into the world. This is a calling, not a suggestion. This is what we're supposed to do. So how do we grow in boldness? And this is how I want to wrap up the message this morning. How do we grow in boldness in our lives? I'm going to give you three points. 
because that's what pastors do. Give me three points. This is for you. I was going to give you two, but I had to add another one just, just to make it a, the right type of sermon. Um, so here we go. Number one, how do you grow in boldness? Spend more time with Jesus. Spend more time with Jesus. What does that mean? Well, it means when we're praying, we're listening to him, when we're in communication with God, when we're reading his word, we're spending time with Jesus. And when we spend time with something, usually that will make us grow nearer and closer and fonder of that thing. Spend a lot of time at basketball practice. Spend a lot of time thinking about uh, how, what we should do in this game, this situation. And, and so that consumes my thoughts. It consumes what I do. If I spend time with the Lord at the same time, he will be in my thoughts. He will be in my day. He will be in all the things that are happening. It's, it's just how it works. Spend more time with Jesus. The Bible says it's Acts 4.13. They were amazed at the disciples' boldness, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. These men spent time with Jesus. There's a Greek word here that is translated as unschooled. And it's interesting, the word in Greek is actually idiotas. Mm-hmm. We get the word idiot. Mm-hmm. You ever felt like an idiot? Every day. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for that, Dave. I, I actually, <laughs> yeah. that was your, the question you. just for you, Dave. Uh-huh. Um, just kidding. Right. Just kidding. Um, have you ever felt like an idiot? You, you want, think about this. You're the perfect candidate for God to use you. The disciples were called idiots. <laughs> That's literally what they're called. And it doesn't mean that they were just like we, there's the connotations of the word idiot, but it's similar in that they were not schooled, they were not trained, they were not special people. They were not highly upper echelon society. These were just regular dudes. And in, in that word, in the Greek word, idiotas, is who they were. And they saw that that's who they were, yet they were filled with uncommon boldness and something that was so different than everybody else around them. You don't have to be some sort of special person. You don't have to have a master's of divinity. You don't have to have gone to Bible school. You don't have to have this and that to have boldness in your faith. You can just be like the ordinary people the disciples were, and God can fill you with boldness if you spend time with Jesus. When we spend time with Jesus, uh, I I know when we don't spend, this is what happens to me, is that uh, instead of having a a heavenly mind, I have an earthly mind. So when situations come my way, I don't think automatically, oh, what does God want me to do? What would be the, the thing that Jesus would want me to do? I just think, what do I want to do? Get cut off in traffic. You, something happens at work. Whatever, whatever, whatever you want to fill in. I don't have a heavenly mind. I have just a Sheldon mind. What does Sheldon <laughs> want to do? And sometimes what Sheldon wants to do is not what God wants to do, right? And the same works out for you. And so when I don't spend time, my mind is not transformed like it says in Romans in chapter 12. So we need to spend time with Jesus so that our minds can be transformed and we have a different way of viewing situations. But what happens when we do spend time with them, like Romans 12.2 says, when we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. We start our day with the divine confidence that God is with us. If you open your day with some prayer, Mm -hmm. some time in the Word, um, Mm -hmm. there's not a set time or amount. Sometimes we can get caught up, do I have to spend hours and hours? If you don't have hours and hours, how are you going to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you do need sleep. That's important. But, you know, you could wake up a little bit earlier if you go to bed earlier. There's all these sort of things. We start organizing our day, organizing our life. We can create some time in the morning where we could, whether it's just five minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you have, I'm going to pray. I'm going to have my mind set on the things of God. And I'm going to start my day with confidence that God is with me. I'm going to follow this day. with, And maybe we pause at lunch, 
Cry the same, Lord, thank you for this food, amen. But we pause for two or three minutes, Lord, okay, I'm halfway through my day here at work, I need you. Please give me eyes to see what's going on around me. Please help me to see situations the way you see them, mm -hmm. amen. We don't have to, it's not necessarily about hours and hours. If you have that, great. But spending time with Jesus consistently will help shape and transform who we are. And it will give us boldness to live out our faith in a way that impacts the world around us. Number two, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It says in Acts 4.8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. said to them, this is huge. This is, this is big because these people in two to three months went from people that were just followers of Jesus and spent time with him to people that were filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened in the, to the disciples that turned them 180 degrees in a new direction was that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Read the book of Acts. Acts 1.5. Jesus says this before he's ascending to heaven. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. John 1.5, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is going to change you. He tells him, wait. you got to wait. Don't go out there yet. Wait until this promise comes and the Spirit baptizes you and fills you with all that I want for you. Acts 2.4 says, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is after they had waited in the upper room. And began speaking in languages they didn't know, for the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. This is what happened, and they waited for the Spirit to come. You read this, I encourage you to read it, the book of Acts 1 and 2, to see how this led up to this transformation and boldness in their lives. They allowed the Holy Spirit to baptize them and to fill them to overflowing. If, if you're wondering what does that mean, what does baptism in the Holy Spirit mean, you can think of it like if you've ever been baptized in water. When you baptize something, you're dunking it, or if you're, maybe you've never been baptized, you've done a cannonball in the pool. I know Judah's done some cannonballs. Um, when you do a cannonball, you go in. I know sometimes when, when we're older, we enter the pool like really slowly. We're like, oh, it's cold. You know, we get in the pool. And it's like, all right, I'm in the pool and the water's here. When you do a cannonball, you're kidding. You're just like, ah, I'm getting in. And you're submersed and the water is all around you and every part of you is wet. And this is kind of what it is when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God comes and fills us and covers us and surrounds us. Every part of us is filled with God. And the Bible talks about this pattern where when people are baptized in the Spirit, that they speak in languages they don't know. They, uh, they, sometimes it's translated as speaking tongues or speaking uh, uh, languages that are unknown to them. They're heavenly languages, earthly languages, but that they're so immersed with God that they're filled with these abilities that they don't have. Um, sounds crazy, I know. But this is what the Bible talks about. This is what, what it shows us. And in fact, the Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, it says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit uses the, the, the Spirit, as being filled with the Spirit as a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not, well, you know, it's for some people that really want, you know, that really want more, they can be filled with the Spirit. And the rest of you guys, you just kind of, you know, you guys stay at, like, minor leagues. You, you Maybe you get to AAA if you really work hard. Um, but the command is be filled with the Spirit. This is what God wants to do in your life and in my life. He wants to fill us with all that He has. And so I want to encourage you this year... As we look at being selfless, living a life for others, to invite the Spirit to fill us, to baptize us. Um, and you may not even know what that will look like, what it will mean. It's okay. And maybe that's happened in your life before, but it's been a while, and, and you feel like, man, I could really use some more of the Holy Spirit in my life. Um, that's a great prayer. Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit. And finally, number three, ask God 
This is, this is really complicated here. Ask God to make you bold. So if you want more boldness, ask God to make you bold. He may not change your personality, because you have a personality. That's fine. That's good. But ask God to make you bold. This is what the disciples did. Look at this. This is interesting. In Acts 4.29, after all of these things happened, and they, they stood before the leaders, and they threw them in jail, and they, they had all these things going on, they could be concerned for their safety. They could say, you know what? God, keep us safe from harm. Keep us safe from those that are trying to kill us. Keep us from all of the, the bad things in the world. And that's what I know as parents and as, and as people, sometimes we pray for safety, safe traveling mercies as we travel, you know, Christian, Christianese there. Um, we pray for safety all the time. And it's not wrong to do that. But sometimes maybe that's a, a prayer that we need to step to another level. Maybe it's not safety that we need. Maybe we need boldness. Maybe we need boldness to step out and to live a faith-filled life that God's called us to. Not one that's cowering behind doors or just living in our own comfort zone of what we we're used to and what we like. But boldness to step outside of that and actually trust God to, to fill us and to use us and do things that we can't do on our own. This is what the disciples say after all of the threats, all of the issues, all of the things come against them. They say, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Their response to all of this was not for safety, but for boldness. That's, that's, a powerful, that's a powerful word for you and me. I know it's easy to just want safety, comfort, uh, predictability, everything in, my, in order. I got my life figured out. I do this, I do this, and this happens. And there's, it's not that that's wrong, but I, there might be more. There might be more that God has for you than just that. And just everything organized the way you want it. But Lord, give me boldness this year to step out of beyond my comfort zone and be used by you in some way that may be a little bit scary. To step out and maybe share with somebody that's hurting and say, you know what, I know somebody that, that, that can help you. His name is Jesus. He loves you. He died on the cross for your sins. And he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And step out in that awkward space like, I don't know every word I'm going to say. And trust that the Spirit will give you something to say that will be right and it will be helpful. And, and, and to take a risk for God this year. Not, not being obnoxious, not being rude, not being pushy, but being available to the Spirit. Being available to Him to do things that are beyond what we can do in ourselves. Because the truth is, you know, and I'm not... I'm, I'm the last person to be a fire and brimstone preacher. I don't know if you ever went to church and they're talking about you going to hell. And they sell it, say it funny, don't say hell. They say hell. You got to say it weird. Um, I, I'm not that type of preacher. That's not what we, we don't go to that point all the time. That, but the, there is truth in the Bible that talks about eternity. It talks about heaven. It talks about hell. We've got to be careful that we don't, cut around all that stuff and just turn the Bible into self-help. You know, this is how you have peace in your life right now, and that's it. Because the Bible talks about there being an eternity that we spend, and we can spend it with God or not with God. With God is called heaven, not with God is called hell. And there's adjectives and, and, and ways that the Bible authors have tried to describe being not with God. And it's what they call as hell. Where it's torment. When you're not with God, that's torment. And you're, when you're with Him, it's, it's paradise and bliss and everything you ever imagined. So don't get caught up in all the, the fire and all this burning. And, but 
Do you want to spend eternity with God or not with God? And that's what we have to keep in our minds for ourselves, but more than ourselves. Because we want to be selfless, not just about me, and I'm okay, and I'm good with God. But every person I face is going to spend eternity somewhere. Every person I come in contact with. And, and look, I can't change people. You can't change people. My job's not to save them. I'll save this person. You know, you can't save somebody. But you can be used by God to proclaim something true and right and encouraging and hopeful. You can lead people to a place where they can find hope and life. Or we could just sit back in our comfort this year. We could just sit back and say, you know what? God, thank you for all your blessings. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for my house and my car and safety. And I got all this and I'm going to go to my job and I'm going to watch my shows. And I'm going to cook my food and everything's going to be great. But I think God's called us to more than that. As a church, he's called us to reach this community, whatever that might look like this year. It might look like different than we did last year. Now, I really believe that if we're going to be here, let's reach people. And if we're just going to have church for us, we're probably not fulfilling God's calling on us as a church. He's calling us to reach people and to, to be a light in the dark place. There's people that come into this building day in and day out that are filled with nothing but uh, discouragement. They think their life you know, is at a dead end. They're going through crisis. That's what this ministry is. Mission License, crisis ministry. People come in here, my life is so messed up, I don't know what to do. And there, there's so many people that we don't even know who they are. They're, they're living all around in this community, and that's what they're going through. They're going through crisis. There may be somebody on your job, somebody at school that's going through a hard time, and God's placed you in their life to be that encouragement, to be there and say, you know what, this is what God did for me. When I was going through a crisis in my life, he lifted me up. He gave me hope. He gave me peace. When I was in dark times in my life, he was there, and he can do the same for you. That's as simple as it can be. As, as we go through things of what God's done for us, when we believe it deeply, we can share it freely with others. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Dear Father, I ask that you would make those that are here who are followers of Jesus. God, help us all here to be bold rather than selfish this year. God, help us to deny ourselves and to pick up our cross and follow you. Lord, we follow the one that gave us life, gave his life for us. If you're here today and you'd say, you know what, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. But you'd say, you know, God, God, make me even more bold in my spirit. God, make me more bold this year for you. If that's you, would you just lift your hand and you'd say, that's me. I want to be more bold this year for Jesus. I want, I want to have him fill me with boldness at school, at my job, wherever I am. Thank you. You can put your hand up, put it back down. Lord, I thank you for those that lifted their hand this morning that say, I want your boldness to fill me. God, I thank you those that are here that are going to be used by you. They're going to step out of their comfort and step out of the, the, the doors that they stayed behind. And they're going to step out and be used by you this year. I thank you, God, for the lives that are going to be changed. For the people that are going to hear about the good news. People are going to hear about hope and life in you because we step out in boldness. Lord, I thank you for us that are going to spend more time with you. God, we're going to be, we're going to grow in boldness as we spend time with you, Lord. So we're going to make it a point to spend time with you. We're going to wake, make it a point to wake up in the morning and spend a few minutes in prayer and, and start to seek you a little bit more than we did this last year. 
We're going to make it a point, Lord, to start asking you for boldness, to start asking you to fill us with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, as we do that, we're going to see just, just miracles and lives change around us. Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes this week to see people the way you see them. Give us hearts to love people how you love them. Lord, give us just the courage to take the next step. Take that next step and just step out in faith. Step out in boldness. Be a light where there's darkness. As we continue to pray this morning, I, I just wonder if there's anybody here that, that maybe you're here today because you need to accept Jesus into your life. Maybe you haven't done that before. Maybe it's been a long time you grew up in church. Maybe you, you went to church some, but you know, it's, it's really the, the best thing you can do to start this year is to let Jesus come and fill your life and begin new with him. If there's someone here today that said, you know, that's, that's what I want to do. Would you just lift your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that. But if you just lift your hand, I'm going to pray for you. Thank you. Is everybody else? Church, would you pray together with me? Lord, I thank you, God, that you have so orchestrated this, this service this morning that you've invited someone to come into your kingdom. And God, we thank you, Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose this year. Church, if you just repeat after me this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for raising from the dead. Thank you for taking my sins. I give you my life today. I want to live for you this year. I want to live for you forever. Spend eternity with you. Help me to take the next step. As I walk out of the doors today. In Jesus' name.